What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Settler Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, and I'm, as always, joined by Glenn Enos Jr. and Matthew Souser. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Leave it at the tone. End of the season, baby. It's over. It's over. It's all over. It's all ogre now. Which means... The annual Stellar Awards show is here. Hell yeah, baby. Let's go. But first, as we head towards the playoffs, and for the last time this year, we have the news with Susan. Look. <laughs> you know you know how you know how like yeah. the end of the school year you don't really do much work <laughs> you kind of just like riding the coasting kind of playing te- games teachers you go you. you go into class and you're sitting there and you're like oh i wonder what bullshit we're gonna be forced to learn today there's this week of school left and then you hear very distantly down the hallway you're in <laughs> and then you're like where's the teacher and then it, uh, and then it clicks and then you look at the doorway and the teacher's wheeling in the TV into mm-hmm. the classroom. With a bungee you, cord around it. And the yep. VCR underneath. And then you realize this, we're dating ourselves really bad right now by doing this. Um, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I remember coming back to elementary school one summer from one summer. And that was when they installed all the giant ass mm, all the TVs. big TVs. Like, yeah. I was like, and the, <gasps> the TV in the class. I know. I was like. And then I remember in Miss Thomas's class, we still had to watch on the fucking TV on the, on wheel, the stand because yeah, it didn't work for some reason. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> do, you remember, uh, do you remember Channel One News? I do. Yeah, that's weird if you think about it. I do. Why is that weird? It's just weird. <laughs> Why? Remember the like the weird ass P? It wouldn't be like, like real ads. It would like, be like we... PSA ads. Oh wait, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of. Like when the students gave the news in the morning. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Friar oh, did, yes. I think. Yes. Like two of them, the freaking papers. Talking yeah. about like the one sentence for the men's baseball team and a whole novel for the women's softball they'd team. Have, they'd have the, they'd, <laughs> for whatever reason, everyone who would do it would have this weird shit-eating grin on their face. Like they were trying not to laugh. But do they be like, yesterday? I just remembered, I just the remember boys, Friar, nervous. baseball team. I just remember Fryer and Jill doing the news. That's that's my picture too. Every single day. That's all I remember. But you're right. There was a Channel One news where it was like actual, like other yeah. other people, the whole production. Mr. O would like quiz us on the Channel One news. Moral of the story like, is when you're this late in the season, you just don't you just don't look at the news anymore. Oh, all right. I can tell Weird. you some news because guess what? Want. This is a fantasy football podcast. And nothing that I'm going to say now is going to affect fantasy football right now. I can give you some news if you guys want. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the news with Mason. <laughs> Sorry, my headphones fell off my head there. I, I dabbed a little bit too hard, throwing it back to 2016 Cam Newton. Um, it's the haircut. Yeah, it's the haircut. I don't have as much hair on my head now, so I, I didn't shave my head. For the record, I've just got a little trim. 
See, so, you would know that if you tuned into the Twitch. Yeah, but we're promoting at the wrong time of the year, considering we have one more podcast after this, and then we take a six-month hiatus. Um, but anyway, uh, so we're at the time of year where we don't really talk about injury news all that much because fantasy football implications are, are donezo, I mean, except for next year. Um, or second but, season. Which I'm not Shop. a part of because I'm not gambling my money away after Ooh. I just won. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Anyway, um, so Monday, for those of you who don't know, everyone knows Black Friday. You guys know about Black Monday? Uh, That's when the <laughs> stock market crashes. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm not going to. What were you going to say? I was going to say, isn't that in a couple weeks? Oh, <laughs> Oh, come on. Isn't that this weekend? No, you have true. to preface you have to preface that joke with people who don't know that you're half black because otherwise that makes us, the entirety of this podcast look really bad. Well, well it makes us half bad. Yeah, half if bad. he's only half black. Uh, That's, anyway, that was good, Glenn. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so black Monday is when all the coaches get fired from oh. the NFL. So... And we'll talk about this later, Arthur. We'll talk about this fucking idiot in a little bit uh, in, in greater detail. Arthur Smith, fired. Ron Rivera, fired. Mike Vrabel, even though this wasn't on on, uh, on Black Monday, that was technically today, fired. Um, And Bill Belichick has not been Fired, yeah, and it's really pissing me off. What that's a not really joke. That's not really news. That's just how I feel about it. But um, you know, obviously those do have some fantasy implications. Um, because now we don't have to deal with Arthur Smith underutilizing every great player on the Falcons offense anymore. Um if uh, if you go on the X.com, it's just like a all of fantasy Twitters and like rejoice for a man losing his job. Okay, all right, hold on. Hold on. Yes. Isn't that hilarious? Hold on. It's funny. It is funny. It is funny. And also at the same time, normally, you're right. I don't, I'm not the type of person. I don't prey on people's downfall. Okay. No. That's that's bad karma. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> that's bad karma. <laughs> um, Arthur Smith, I prayed on this man's downfall because he is the fail son of a billionaire. So he's gonna go home and go fucking. I don't know. Go on an island somewhere. Actually, with all the shit about Jeffrey Epstein in the news, maybe don't do that. Consider you're a billionaire. Don't be a billionaire on a private island. Yeah, I'm. I I don't know what that has to do with it, but uh, (laughs) regardless, just fuck off somewhere, man. Your dad's a billionaire. You're a millionaire. I don't feel bad for him. Other guys, I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like he just lost his livelihood. Like that's that's bad. This guy, off, dickhead. He'll be able to put food on the table. Went exactly. He went out the same way he went in, being a crying little piss baby. And uh, the Falcons wasted no time. They issued the statement that he was fired at exactly 12.01 on Monday. They couldn't wait. They literally couldn't wait. Um, I'm here for it. He'll probably get another job on another team. They always New England. Hmm. I will kill myself. I think Mason would move. He'd move to New York and be a Bills fan. And sounds better every day that Bill's still on the on the staff. <laughs> to be honest. 
<laughs> so, but um, any other news? Yeah. I mean, uh, Sam Laporta hurt his knee, uh, in the game against what Susan? What? Oh, so he can't play in the flag football game, the Pro Bowl. The Lions are in the playoffs, man. Yeah, I'm your team. Aren't you a, a fan? Uh, That's right. It, all right. There's implications. There's uh, implications. But also, people thought that he might have torn something because I saw the injury, not of my own free will. I was watching Red Zone. They just cut to it like a jump scare. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh. Uh. And uh, I thought he tore his ACL, to be honest. But uh, apparently, he just hmm. has a, a bruise or something. Um, and he's week to week. So week to week doesn't sound good, but it was day to it day is, is one thing, but it is good in the sense that he didn't tear his ACL. So he won't need yeah. surgery, which means he won't be delayed coming back next season. That um, is true. I'm trying to think of TJ Watts out. Yes. TJ Watt sprained his MCL. He's going to be out this week in the wild card game against the bills. Yes. Bills. Yeah. Um, oh, and Jalen Hurts or he dislocated it. It was pretty bad. Which hand? Um, his throwing right hand. Uh oh. AJ Brown got sticky. fucked up too. Yes, I forgot about AJ Brown. He did get fucked up. So Hurts um, and Justin Herbert can finger each other. They're broken fingers. I if they're into that, sure. Yeah. Go for it. That's that's a big deal though. That's a big that deal. That's a big deal. I mean, well, is it that big of a deal? The Eagles kind of stinky. Yeah, they've they've slowed down for kinda sure. Stinky. But um yeah, it's kind of all I had for news. Um No, that was very good. That was better than what you. I would have done. No, that's uh Susan, I just, you know, I'll I'm ready at a moment's though. notice. When I heard Sam Laporta is injured, that tells me the Rams chances of winning moving up. Rams to the Super Bowl. I'm rooting for the Rams. Come on, it's the Lions, though. Don't you have a little well, hope? For the Cowboys' sake, I'm rooting for the Rams. Uh, for football's sake, I'm rooting for the Lions. Okay. But, All right. But, I mean, if the Lions win, the next week I can't root for them if the Cowboys win because they'll face the Cowboys. For my goat, my goats, Puka Nakua's sake, I'm rooting for the Rams. Which, by the way, and if Kyron. you didn't know, and Kyron. He broke the rookie receiving record for yards and receptions. Wow. So, and uh, he's still not going to get rookie of the year. What's the yardage on that? Uh, 14, 14 something. 14. Wow. Yeah. And he had a didn't, nice moment with his mom on the sideline. Didn't Justin Jefferson just break it a couple years ago, too? Uh, no, Jamar Chase. He had a thousand. Broke, Jamar Chase broke the post merger. Uh, rookie receiving record, but Puka Nakua broke the post-merger rookie receiving record and the all-time rookie receiving record pre-merger. So he's Who just the that? best. Uh, I don't know, some dude in like the 60s or 50s or something. Johnny Finkelstein? Probably. Something like that. The curly mustache? Some white stiff who was a postman during the weekdays. I don't know. Yeah, probably buddies with Babe Ruth or something. Let's not compare. <laughs> yeah. Drank beers. Yeah. Babe Ruth sucked. See? He did. It's honest. 
All right. Well, this is a football podcast, not a baseball <laughs> podcast. So all I'm saying is I played against better players in high school than Babe Ruth. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I know, I know. But he's the greatest, right? Yeah. Um greatest, dude. well anyway. It smells. I want to bring it back to uh to Arthur Arthur Smith because we we got to do this thing that everyone does where you know obviously everyone's here for the seller award show, but we're saving that for the very last thing. So are we? Uh I thought so. I thought that's what we call a tease in the industry. We'll be like, up next. Well, we first we have to have, well, I mean, if this was a legitimate award show, we'd have like a, a musical performance by like some shitty band like Imagine Dragons. Seal. 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 Yeah. How about, how about Imagine Dragons? Imagine dragging these nuts across your chin. How about... <laughs> about who? Seal. The who? Dude. No. How about the Rolling Why? Stones? They're back. What's wrong with Seal? The Rolling Stones are back? I thought they were dead. They're rolling out on the stage in a wheelchair. They're rolling out into a coffin. No, I'm pretty sure they have like a new song and they're like on tour again or something. I don't know. They have a new song. song. Slowly dying. It's <laughs> a bad joke. All right, we're getting off track here. Well, all right, how about this? Glenn, tell us what we're going to do on this podcast. Yeah, we're talking us. about Arthur Smith. Yeah, I want to talk about Arthur Smith. But we're doing how- that. And how he's a little piss baby doing the award show? Are we? So and we're doing playoff talk, predictions. Let's, let's talk about Arthur Smith. Let's do the awards, and then we'll review our pigskin pick'em results and a new bracket prediction for the playoffs. Okay. Word. All right. So people have a chance to redeem themselves from the pigskin right. pick'ems. So uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a big hubbub, a big kerfuffle, a big uh, controversy. Hullabaloo. Yes, thank you. I don't know. Hasbullah. That's a... Methuselah? Mr. Hulk Raccoon. Are you having a stroke? (laughs) Don't you remember Mr. Hunt's Raccoon, Methuselah or something? No, I don't. Well, no. I think Mesa was in the class. Uh, no. uh, I mean, right. his his raccoon vaguely rings a bell. The name? No. <laughs> it wasn't absolutely a pet. Not. It was All right. I, I'll shut up. Anyway. Uh, so there was a big controversy at the end of the Saints-Falcons game this past week uh, because the Saints lined up in victory formation and ran a play to get Jamal Williams a touchdown. And then um, Arthur Smith went on the field afterwards, went up to Dennis Allen, went, that's fucking bullshit. You're a, you're a bad guy. I don't like you for doing that. And um, I don't know, it just made me feel nice that he ended up getting fired the next day after he's been such an insufferable prick uh, all year, crying about how people, like we, we talked about it earlier in the season when he went on that huge tirade about how this is a, this doesn't like fantasy football. You can't just use your best players all the time. Except he didn't use his best players all the time. He didn't use them ever. Um, which is why Bijan Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts have not lived up to their potential under Arthur Smith as a head coach because for some fucking reason he had to be a contrarian and zigged when everyone else wanted to zag. And it's really dumb. And I think he looked like an absolute buffoon. And to be honest, did what the Saints do maybe be a little Bush League? Probably. Who fucking cares? 
Get over it, dude. Like, I, I, I wish more teams did that. Here's an idea, Arthur Smith. I right, we couldn't hear you. I hit the mute button. My, my mic did that last week too. Oof. Here's an idea, Arthur Smith. Stop them from scoring. You were down 41-17 already, okay? Who fucking cares? And then afterwards, I thought it was also equally bitch shit that the Saints head coach was like, I said sorry to Arthur Smith. I apologize to Arthur Smith. I'm so sorry. I hurt his feelings. The players, I told the players not to do that, and they did. It's like, bro, already... That guy's in his first year, and you can tell he doesn't get it. Like, if I was the Saints Saints management, after seeing that, I would have said, Dennis Allen, see you the fuck later. Goodbye. Because the Saints wanted to go out, and this came out after the game. The Saints players and Jamal Williams' teammates wanted to go out and get Jamal Williams a touchdown because he obviously had a, a, a difficult year with injuries, and they did not utilize him in, in the game at all. And I think, obviously... He's a good running back. Like, he's not, you know, ridiculous, but I mean, he's a, a good running back. Locker room leader as a veteran, yeah. too. He's a glue guy, and I think I think he's better than what he showed this year, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, I don't think that he's probably as good as he was in Detroit the previous season, but I don't think is he, he's as bad as he was this season. Um, and, you know, for the guys wanting to go out and get him a touchdown the last game, uh, you know, obviously it's insignificant, it's meaningless, but it's just the principle of the fact they wanted to support their guy, prop him up, and um, I just think it, it's it's ridiculous that people are like, they were lined up in victory formation. I can't believe that that the Saints would do that. The Saints would do something like it this. was a dick move. Who cares? Who cares? Sure. Who cares? Uh, uh, listen, NFL people do. Like Mason said, they can shove it. The game was already well over. Personally, I think victory formation is more of a slap in the face than anything. You're bitching out. You're taking a knee. You know, you're not playing the football. You're not playing the game anymore. I get why people do it because they don't want their players to get hurt. But this is the last game of the season. Both teams, I don't know if at that point the Saints are still playing for something. Um, because I think the Bucks are, are already won or are on the verge of winning or whatever. Um, won the game's out of the hand. Two, Arthur Smith's probably going to get fired the next day anyway, so fuck them. Three, they're your division rival. Fuck them. Who cares? If the if the Falcons have a problem with it, do something about it. Come back yeah, next year. Yeah, it doesn't need to, doesn't that, need to be a big that, deal. Use that as bulletin board material and come back next year and don't suck. And, uh, yeah, what, I don't care. Like, and I don't care that much getting, either, getting but I think it's, it's undeniably acting, a dick move. Acting like he's, you know, some sort of coach that needs to be respected, and, and the Falcons are some team that need to, you know, show like uh, sportsmanship and be respected. Who cares? It's like Who if, uh, like if Glenn was beating me fifty to three in Madden, and I finally stopped him on defense as fourth down, and he does a fake punt, I'd say you're it. an asshole. Yeah. Well, I'd say. I, I mean, I would wouldn't you... lose sleep over it, but I'd call you an asshole. Yeah. Well, whatever. Okay, and you'd yeah, be like, "Yeah, I am an asshole." People are losing sleep over. That's the point. You can say that the Saints are are bush league for doing that, but also, but like, like, I don't blame no. Arthur Smith for like going like immediately after that to the coach and saying like, "Like, fuck off." 
Oh, I do. I do. That's like, who cares, man? Who not, cares? To make it, not to make this a baseball podcast again. Oh, but, my God. <laughs> no, but, but it's similar to uh, a couple years ago when the Padres were blowing out the Texas Rangers and bases were loaded. And I believe it was Fernando Tati swung on a 3-0 pitch and hit a grand slam. And everyone was like, oh, dude, respect the game. It's like, like, you want these dudes to stop playing because your team's so bad that they can't keep it competitive? I get this is a little different because it's the last play of the game. You're handling a victory formation. But it's like, these dudes are playing the game. And, like, it, it, it's, it, it's up to you to stop them. I would say I think it would have been better if they had just lined up in a normal formation. Yeah. Instead of being in victory formation and like faking victory formation. Yeah. I do That's disagree funny. with that. I think they should That's have. Funny. I, I mean, it is funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't mind them going for it. I, I think, you're think sp- they did it wrong, the wrong way. I think you're splitting hairs at that point, right? Like, who cares? But ultimately, I would have I would have been I think it would have been better optically if they lined up and actually went for the play. But like Jameis Winston said, what's the difference mm. between them doing that? And the guy running back the pick and scoring instead of getting tackled at the one yard line. What is ostensibly the difference there? It's the victory formation. It's the Saints saying, All right, guys, good game. It's over. Let's go home. Off, oh, just kidding. 50 to three, whatever it was. Like that, like, okay. And I, and I love, off. I love how Jameis just embraced it. Like he didn't apologize for anything because, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. And I, I love that every single person on the Saints was in support of that. They were like, yes, we want to do it. We want to do it. That's Jamal's our guy. Wanted to do it. Coach. Jamal's our guy. But, but then that's what I'm saying in relation to the Saints coach. If I was the Saints management, it's like, okay, dude, clearly they're not getting the message that you're receiving. And clearly you're not advocating for the players. If, 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 you know, if I was in that position, I'd say, yes, you have to be, you have to be in touch with like what your players want. You know what I mean? And be like, yes, this makes sense. Jamal Williams is an important guy. Everyone respects him. He's a well-respected guy. Let's get it's this guy a, a touchdown. He deserves it. 17 wasn't enough last year. It's similar to um, <laughs> you hear the thing that came out about Nick Sirianni taking the rep for the Seahawks game when Jalen Hurts threw the pick to seal it. It was like the players like audible to that own, their own play and kind of did their thing regardless of what the coaches said. Like A.J. Brown came out and said that Oh, we did this and we thought it would work and it didn't. Jalen Hurts threw a pick for them to lose the game against Seattle. But Sirianni took the blame for the players and said, no, he said, you know, I call that blah, blah, blah. But that's like him being the player's coach and having your players backs. Exactly. In that situation. I mean, Dennis Allen, whatever, Saints, whatever. They're not, you know, they're not a playoff team. These guys are playing for nothing is what I'm saying. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. <laughs> All right. All righty. Uh, it is that time for the Stellar Awards show. And I, hmm. Hmm. I wish I had, I wish I came more prepared. I'm not going to lie. You got the suit jacket. I do, but that's about it. I wanted to have like the, uh, the Super Bowl music. Oh, yes. That'd be good. I know. It's all right. Next year. Next year. <laughs> Stellar I feel like we say 20- that every year. Yeah. Stellar <laughs> Awards for 2024. Well, we're in 2024 now, but this is obviously for the 2023 season. So, 
Our first award is the Steal of the Draft. And Susan, what does this award mean for those listening uh, in their cars at home or over the Twitch? Steal of the Draft refers to a player that you got late, hardly any draft capital spent because we're talking about the bottom of the barrel picks, your bench pieces, and all of a sudden that guy that you drafted there in the double-digit rounds goes off and becomes a centerpiece for your starting lineup week in, week out, and maybe, maybe even plays so good that he wins you a championship. And also expecting for his ADP to go up next year. Yeah, look at it as, yeah, exactly. Someone drafted the 12th round who's now going to be a top three round guy because that's how good he was, and that's the steal if you ask me. I'm really not prepared. I wish I had a drum roll sound too. And like the nominees are. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. When we posted the poll, I could have said the nominees. Yeah. And the winner. I'm sorry. We, we, we were letting down people on the Stellar Award show this year. But the winner and the steal of the draft is Kyron Williams. The running gang, back gang. for the Los Angeles hmm. Rams on Mason's championship team and many other championship teams I've seen this year. A guy in my dynasty league had Kyron Williams and... Uh, carried him to the championship as well. Kyron Williams, before this season started, if you drafted him in your league on Fantasy Pros, his average draft position was 125. If you correlate that, that's about halfway through the 11th round of a 12-man league. And in our draft, Mason, did he even get drafted? Yes, I drafted him in the 12th round. Okay. 168th overall. So, 168th overall, Mason in half-point PPR, he finished as the sixth-ranked running back, RB6 on the year. Do you have a stat line for him? I do. I do. So oh, you got it? Um, I don't have his – do you have his yeah, totals? I don't have his totals. Yeah, I'm going to have everybody up here if we need him. So he had – um, so Kyron Williams – who missed, mind you, five games, finished with 228 carries for 1,144 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. He also had 32 receptions for 206 yards and three receiving touchdowns. That's a total of 1,350 yards and 15 touchdowns in 12 games, finishing as the RB6 and half PPR. Crazy. That is nuts. By far, the steal of the draft. Honorable mentions, though. Uh, one, Sam Laporta. Another. I even considered Adam Thielen, too. He, yeah. he kind of fell off in the back half, but he was like electric for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And he was drafted way late. He sure was. Um, you could argue CJ Stroud as well. Nico Collins, I would say. Nico, Nico Collins, Collins is actually a pick, too. Kyron um, is just that guy. Kyron was that guy, and it's going to be interesting to see Even if he stays Mostert, that guy. Possibly, too. Mostert was drafted ahead of Kyron, for sure, but he, you know, number two running back. Our next award is the Trash to Treasure Award, and Mason, please explain what that means for our listeners. So, Trash to Treasure Award basically means you had a guy last year who was dookie. He was not good. And then you drafted him this year. Maybe you took a late round flyer on him and he ended up panning out. 
you know, a guy who you thought potentially had that upside, and he did, in fact, come through um, going from trash to treasure, as the name suggests. The winner of the 2023 Trash to Treasure Award is running back Raheem Mostert from the Miami Dolphins, who in the year of 2022 finished as RB26. And going into this season, you said, wait a minute, Jeff Wilson's there now. They just drafted a rookie RB in Devin Achain. And uh, Raheem Mostert is 50 years old. Well, this year, he finishes as the RB2 in half PPR. Susan, Mm. can you give me his crazy-ass numbers this year? I will give you his crazy-ass numbers. And maybe the craziest number of them all is he played 15 games instead of getting hurt like he does every other year. He ran the ball 209 times. Mind you, Jeff Wilson was there. Ahmed was there. Ham was there. Ran for 209 attempts, 1,012 rushing yards, and 18 rushing touchdowns. He also caught the ball 25 times for 175 yards and three touchdowns for a total of about 1,200 yards and 21 touchdowns. 21 touchdowns in 15 games. Wow. And this man, at best, has been an RB2, and that's only twice over his eight-year career. Every other year... He's just a backup, or he gets hurt, and then all of a sudden, number two running back. How do we feel about this going into next season, though? Like, are you guys convinced that this is sustainable for Raheem Mostert next year? I would draft HN above him. If he's still – all things consistent, if they all stay there, I'm, I'm picking HN ahead of him. I, just I would think agree. He's 31 right now. I don't think it's repeatable. I still think he'd be valuable. If he's healthy, because it's just a high-powered offense, but I, I think A Chan is going to surpass him. I would tend to agree with that. I think you know A Chan, uh, you know he was hurt coming into the season, and then he got hurt mid-season, um, and I think obviously that took a lot of reps away from him. And credit to Mostert when he had to step up and step in and fill those shoes, he did. Um, but. I think Achan, you know, he'll be a soft. It'll be a sophomore year in the league. He'll probably be saddled with a bit more responsibility now that he's a little bit older, uh, or has another season under his belt. Um, so I think he'll be shouldering a lot of the responsibilities of that Miami backfield. And like Susan said, Raheem Mostert, just because of how high powered the Dolphins' offense is, I think will be a good asset to have. But I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that run that he had against uh, the Bills. This past weekend, where he just no. abs, dude, it was it oh, was like a, yeah, it was like a twenty yard, twenty five yard run out, and he was making some insane cuts. Like he made one cut inside and like comp- made a tackler completely whiff on him. It was yeah, crazy. I saw a touchdown run. I don't know if that's the same one you're talking about, but like most people would not have gotten a touchdown on on that on that run. Um, he's good, and that's what being young affords you. Raheem Mostert has probably has a lot of wear and tear on his joints, if they're not already held together by nails. Um, and he can't do that. His body just can't handle that pressure because it exerts a lot of pressure on your joints to cut like that. Um, Raheem Mostert so. still got burst, even at 31. Burst, for sure, yeah. He's fast. 
But I think I think the biggest question with Raheem Mostert is going to be his durability as we get into next year. Like you said, Susan, before this year, when was the last time he played 15 games? Last year. He played 16 last year somehow. Uh, but before okay. that, one game, eight games before that, a 16-game season again, 9-11-3-11. So. All right. Honorable mentions for Trash the Treasure Award. I would go uh, Adam Thielen. I think that was kind of kind of roaming the same territory of steal of the draft. Guys that you don't expect to be good, but guys are normally trash. Like I feel like Adam Thielen, his last year on the Vikings, had a really down year. Uh, as oh, yeah. Justin Jefferson continued to be great, they were kind of pushing Adam Thielen out of town. Didn't know what you would get with Carolina and a rookie quarterback. Adam Thielen was really good for most of the year. Um, up next, the breakout fantasy player of the year. And when we say breakout, we, we mean like this guy uh, smashed through his ceiling for what was projected for 2023. Breakout fantasy player of the year is running back again, Rashard White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last year as a rookie, he was RB38 and half point PPR. This year, we were like, no Tom Brady. Who's the quarterback? Baker Mayfield? Uh, yeah, it wasn't looking know. pretty. So uh, let's stay away from Rashard White. And uh, what did he do this year, Susan? He ran the ball 272 times for 990 yards and six touchdowns. He also had 64 receptions, which is a lot, for 549 yards and three touchdowns. That's uh, 1,500 total yards for nine and nine total touchdowns. Which is good enough for RB7 and half PPR. A top 10 RB for he, uh, for Rashard White. Who would have thunked it? Not us, which is why he's officially broken out, and I don't see – if the Buccaneers continue in this trend, why he can't do that again next year? Yeah, he's the only guy in town. Yeah. I think I think the number one of the number one things we've learned this season is, I guess it's it's depend it depends. Uh, but I guess I would tend to lean toward running backs that just have volume. Um, you know what I mean? Where. And Kyron Williams is kind of the same thing. I think the reason why he was so successful, obviously he was great, but also because no one else was there. It was just him. I mean, they would give a a series to Ronnie Rivers every now and then, but they kind of did the same thing with Rashad White here. There wasn't really another guy. And say what you want. I mean, I, I think we would all agree that Rashad White probably isn't in like football terms, like one of the best running backs in the league. But I mean... He has the volume, so he has high upside for fantasy production. Yeah, and I've said that for as long as I played fantasy. Uh, talent is great, but volume and fantasy always will exceed talent. Unless, so uh, unless, unless you're Saquon Barkley, unless you're, unless you're Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry. Unless you're Saquon Barkley versus Raheem Mostert. What do you mean? Barkley gets all the volume. Mostert was splitting with Ahmed, Wilson, HN, but Mostert on average is still the better guy to have. Yeah. That's because and Giants. it's just a, a painful thing for me, so I had to bring it up. 
<laughs> but I mean, uh, an exception. Oftentimes, yes, volume's king. I'll, I'll, on, on, on paper, it makes sense, but sometimes guys are just crazy efficient, and touchdowns are the hardest thing yeah. to predict, Souza. And I don't think you or anybody thought that Raheem Mostert would have twenty-one touchdowns this year. That's true. That is, uh, yeah, that's more I mean, than you, double you, than what Barkley you could got. Say, so, <laughs> yeah, those touchdowns. I was going to say you could say too. you could say Saquon Barkley met expectations this year where he should be. Yeah, he's number twelve. Okay, so yeah, it's true. Our next award is the April Fool, Susan. April Fools. <laughs> this one's good. Yeah. yeah, the April Fool is someone who you thought was going to be good, not who you thought was going to be trash or you put a flyer on. No, you said this is his year. And most people agreed that this is his year. He's going to have a great year, good system, new coach in town. It's going to be great. And then it's not great. He fooled you. He sucked. He was droppable. That's what happens. And um, then, yeah, Glenn, you want to you want to do the honors of who it is? This year's April Fool is none other than yeah, you guessed it, a running back again, Damian Pierce from the Houston I, Texans. I didn't realize these are all running backs. Until all now. running backs. Literally all running backs. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> and spoiler alert, but. Um, Damian Pierce, um, after a kind of really good rookie season for Houston Texans standards, he was on everyone's radar. I was saying, okay, Damian Pierce has like that RB2 floor, Hmm. and maybe on some weeks he could have RB1 upside if the Texans are rolling. Yeah. Yeah. there was no shot of RB1 upside this year with Damian Pierce. <laughs> and the Texans were rolling. And the Texans were rolling. Yeah. Um, Damian Pierce finished as RB52 this year after all those high hopes went crashing into the ground. Now, he fooled us all. I don't know what's next for Damian Pierce. I would like to think the Texans would give him a second opportunity next year as they continue to grow their offense. Uh, and because they got young know. pieces, but I don't know, maybe maybe working at a car dealership. Oh, eesh. and it was only a second so. year, so you thought, all right, pretty solid rookie season. Let's let's get mm-hmm. it here. I'm his sorry. best game that was that was mean. I'm sorry. His best performance was 59 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yep. I That's mean, crazy. also honorable Singletary mention. was able to do well. So yeah. Against me a couple times. <laughs> That's how it works. Honorable mentions for the April Fool. Um, I would go the other side of this, too. Uh, we talk about Kyron Williams. But Cam Akers at the beginning of the year. I feel like he had potential to be what Kyron Williams was. And then he gets shipped out of town. And then you say, oh, he goes to Minnesota because Alexander Madison, also another April Fool. Uh, he's sucking. Maybe he'll get an opportunity in Minnesota. He gets nothing. That's right. He went to the Vikings. He has, he has been nothing. So Cam Akers, honorable mention. Alexander Madison, uh, another guy who's taking over the starting RB role after Dalvin Cook leaves town, and he underperformed as well for what you expected. April Fool's jerk. Yeah, Cam Akers definitely <laughs> fucked Sean McVay's wife again. Yeah. 
And then he fucked. Tinky, you think he would have learned his lesson after the first time? Mm-hmm. Then he fucked uh, Minnesota coach's wife, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, I didn't know his name either. Don't feel bad. I was gonna say Aiden O'Connell. Isn't that the quarterback no. from uh, the Raiders? The Raiders. Um. Yeah. Yeah, Damian Pierce. What a disappointment. Yeah. Um, Mason or Souza for one last time this year. Can you give me the biggest and best fuck that you've got? Here I go. (laughs) It's funny because both of you said it so loudly, but I think you said it so loud that the microphone didn't pick it up as good as it should have. Yeah, I hate when that happens. I don't know what to do about that. Fuck. Fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck of the year is brought to you by PB&J Lube. If you're going to get fucked, you might as well use lube. Yeah, might as well. Usually you're spot on with the fuck of the year predictions at the preseason. So why don't you tell us about what the fuck of the year is? Uh... This year's fuck of the year is someone who I actually don't think I predicted for fuck of the year this year. I did predict someone who was not as great as they should have been, and that was I'm pretty sure I picked Devontae Adams. But I did too. I picked Adams. Forgot about that. But who did I pick? Uh I don't remember. But this year's fuck of the year is none other than the running back for the Los Angeles Chargers and someone near and dear to our friend Toilet Craig's heart, Austin Eckler. Now, lest we forget, last year Austin Eckler finished as RB1. Mm. He was great. He was stellar. Mm. So... Here's year be- what year before he was RB2. So back to back years. Last year yep. proved he wasn't a fluke. And then you say, now, all right, now he's gonna do it again. But continue. And 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 now I know what you're thinking, right? You look you look at where he finished, you're like, ah, oh, you know. He finished he finished 28th. He went from RB1 to an RB2 in our league, which is 14, yeah. but in a in a 12 man league. He's an RB3 slash flex play. Mm. Um, and the frustrating thing, and this is this is what's really frustrating and why he's the fuck of the year, is you spent so much draft capital on this guy that you had to start him every single week. And he started off hot. The very first healthy. week, the very first week of the season, 24.4 fantasy points against the Dolphins. Then he got hurt. And he was out. Until week six. And then he hit double digit points only five more times throughout the entirety <laughs> of the season. I thought you were gonna say once. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Five no. more times. Like, ah, that <laughs> no. Week six, eight point two. Week seven, five point one. Week eight against but against Chicago, nineteen point eight. Week nine against the Jets, twenty. Week 10 against Detroit, 19.5. That three-week stretch was the best three-week stretch he had all season. Then six points, 6.9 points, 
3.7 points, 18.5, okay, 5.8, 10.1, 3.5, 8.4. So more than half of the season in the games that he played, or more than half the season, he was either giving you a goose egg because he was hurt, or he was scoring under double-digit fantasy points, which for a first-round pick, and... You know, number two off as, the number two running back off the board, num- most of number the time. two running back off the board most of the time. And and the thing is, right, what do they say? They say it every year, and we say it every year because it's a tired, contrived thing, but it's true. You don't win your league in the first round, but you can definitely lose your league in the first round. And if you drafted Austin Eckler, chances are you lost your league, making him. The fuck of the year, undoubtedly and unequivocally. Yeah, to um, yeah, five games, five games over ten or eleven for yeah. The first half, the first three picks for well, no, first half of the first round, second running back off the board, and he can't even hit double digits more than five times. Stuff. Very tough. Um, Very tough. I have Austin Eckler in a dynasty league, and I came out with third place somehow. That's impressive. And I'll tell you how. CD Lamb. No. That's how I came there out with third go. place. And yeah, full, full PPR. Yeah. CD Lamb was fucking dragging his ass. Him, him Moster, Kamara, but Eckler let me down. If Eckler was just, you know, a little bit less of what he should have been, it could have been a different story. But it wasn't. Um, next award is the guest of the year, and this year uh, we didn't really goes have to a many running back. <laughs> yeah, goes to a running back. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this year we didn't really have too many guests. We were present for a lot of the times, and when we weren't, we kind of just did a two-man show. But one particular week, we did have a guest when somebody, our permanent guest, was absent. I think we had Craig on. With me and Mason, right? Yes. Yes. And from it's Craig's performance, Thanksgiving. arguably his best performance of the fantasy season this year, uh, has earned him as the stellar seller guest of the year. And I don't know if it's Craig's first time winning guest of the year, but it's a very prestigious honor. So congratulations to old Craig. Ooh. Um, you know, he's just, that's another trophy. Five trophies now. Hmm. So... And last, but not least. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Stellar Star of the Year is brought to you by Ready to Rumble Vibrators. Finish the job, your man or woman. Started. Started. Guys? Started. I'm going to count to three. We're going to say who the Stellar Star of the Year for 2023 was ready abbreviate abbreviating the name or are we saying that we're saying his full name without his middle name okay one two three christian McCaffrey. mccaffrey i don't know how that came out altogether probably i probably sounds like shit just like word salad yeah um christian mccaffrey is back atop the fantasy mountain. Also known as White Jesus. 
also known as white Jesus. Um, we saw a statistic where if rosters who had Christian McCaffrey on their team, I think 54% made the playoffs or made the championship. So that's kind of crazy. It was championship, yeah. I think it was, I think it was championship. And, um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, RB1 for the year. Um, the most fantasy points scored for a non-QB. And Souza, if you could please tell me his line. Yes. He ran the ball 272 times for 1,459 rushing yards. And he scored 14 rushing touchdowns. He also caught the ball 67 times for 564 yards and seven touchdowns. For a grand total of over 2,000 total yards and 21 touchdowns. And he did not miss a game. Damn. Until like the last the last game of the season where they all sat. Yep. Healthy as a horse all year. Shit. That was that was a thing where last year he kind of disproved. I remember going into the season, we all said Christian McCaffrey, we'd be okay with him taking him number one. And uh, a lot of people had consensus Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson gets hurt. Mason takes Jefferson Jefferson number one overall. I can only imagine what his team would have looked like if he took Christian McCaffrey instead. Right. That would have been a, a joke. What a sick joke. Yes. <laughs> I can only imagine what my team would have looked like if I took Christian McCaffrey at number two. But that's neither here nor there. Um. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is Timothy, and when we were making our RB predictions earlier this year. There was one category for Timothy, and he was under that category, and he still is, and he still will continue to be until proven otherwise. I don't see why Correct. next year he doesn't go number one. Uh, I mean, I can't disagree. Can't make a case nope. for anyone else right now. Yeah, definitely not. You could argue maybe Justin Jefferson uh, last year, you know, like this year being the first overall pick. But this season, going into next year, wouldn't make sense to draft anyone besides him number one. Aside from his rookie year, and obviously the two – well, aside from his rookie year, every year that he's healthy and plays a full season, he's getting no less – than 1,800 total yards. It might even be 1,900. I'm just doing quick math. If he's healthy, that's what you're getting. Plus all the glorious touchdowns. It's stupid. Yeah. What's What's even crazier is that this isn't even his best season. Nope. So, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, your stellar star of the year. Honorable mentions. uh, Tyreek Hill. I believe if he played a yeah. full season, he would uh, be right up there. But somebody who did play a full season, Mr. C.D. Lamb, finishing as the number one wide receiver, leading the league in receptions. And, um, yeah, congrats to C.D. Congrats to yeah. Tyree Kill. Congrats to CMC for being this year's stellar star of the year. His highest touchdown total in his career, by the way. McCaffrey? Yeah. Yeah. 21. He, he had like a streak of how many games in a row? I think it went to last year, right? 
Yeah, it was 16, I think. Crazy. He broke the record. And now CeeDee Lamb's on a touchdown streak, I think, of nine games. Hmm. Shit. They'll draft him next year. Yeah. So, all right. That was the Stellar Awards show. Um, we are heading into the postseason in the NFL. It's a pretty exciting first round matchups. But before we get to our predictions and who we think is going to win, uh, we're going to recap the pigskin pickums. So for our group, the Stellar Seller Podcast on ESPN Pigskin Pickums, the winner of the 2023 Pigskin Pickem Pool is none other than old Craig. Old Craig. Damn, that's six trophies. With a record of 177 and 80 in the 98th percentile. And uh, you finished five games ahead of... Jim, correction, Mason. That's five trophies and a golden vibrator. Correct. Right. Right. But Craig, uh, keep your eyes open for the mailman. We will be sending you the special prize because you beat all three of us this year. And uh, keep checking that mail, buddy. First Don't time that's happened. Yeah, first time we've so had the challenge got... out there for years, and no one's been able right. to do it. He's got to. He's got to have a special prize this year, and he'll be getting the mail shortly. Yep, it's a handshake for me. Um, but yeah, yep. For those of you who participated in the Pigskin Pickums, we appreciate you. We love you. Better luck next year. But you can still redeem yourself this year with the Pigskin Bracket Challenge. We're gonna go through our brackets right now and uh, try to predict this NFL postseason. And once again, if you can beat all three of us, you get a special surprise. Bracket challenge. Let's go. I was hoping I didn't yeah. have to write this with pen and paper. No, the bracket challenge. And it's under the group Stellar Seller Podcast. So if you join on ESPN Fantasy, search the Stellar Seller Podcast group, create your own bracket, and join in on the fun. Um, first, I'm going to name my bracket. Mm. Join in group right now. I like this right. format. This is good. Yeah. So we might as well start with Super Wildcard Weekend. And we start in the AFC. And we start with Let's the Texans against the Cleveland Browns in Houston. The elite Joe Flacco. Leads the Browns against the young rookie phenom CJ Stroud. Who's gonna win this? Um, whew. I'm taking the Browns. I am gonna go with the Browns as well. I'm taking the Browns on the road. January Joe is here. Stroud and the Texans had a great season, but the best is yet to come for Houston, just not this year. 
moving on to Saturday night. Possibly a revenge game for Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins against the Kansas City Chiefs. Earlier this year, both of these teams played against each other in Germany with the Chiefs coming out on top. The Dolphins can't beat a good team besides the Dallas Cowboys who also can't beat a good team. So what does that even mean? Susie, you said you were excited about this Chiefs-Dolphins matchup. I'm not that excited because I don't believe in the Dolphins. I don't believe they can get it done in Arrowhead. These are, this is Pat Mahomes. These are reigning Super Bowl champions. Even though they might not look like it, they got playoff experience. I'm picking the Chiefs. I don't give a fuck if it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm picking the Dolphins. Uh, Fins up. Fins up. Yep. Then, we move on to Sunday. Where we have a slate of three games. Starting off. With the number two seed Buffalo Bills, AFC ah. East champions, hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, led by Mason Rudolph. Mike Tomlin does it again, another winning season. This time he's in the playoffs. Can the Steelers find a way to beat the Bills in Buffalo? No. Give me the Bills. Bills. Saving the Bills. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers upset. Then, Sunday afternoon, like the Bills, out of nowhere, the Dallas Cowboys are the 2C and the NFC East champions. And they are hosting the Green Bay Packers. But, these aren't your father's Green Bay Packers. These are your son's Green Bay Packers, led by Jordan Love. Jordan Love is a first-year starter. Leads the Packers to the postseason. Can he lead them to their, to his first playoff win in Dallas? Will no. the Cowboys continue the journey? No. Give me the Cowboys. Yeah. Love's been impressive, but going with the Cowboys. I'm picking the Cowboys, but this game... I feel like this game is going to be a lot closer than it should be, but the Cowboys find a way to win. On paper, it yeah. shouldn't be a game. It should be a blowout. Cowboys at home, playing as well as they have at home all year. It should be a blowout, but Matt LaFleur is no slouch. Jordan loves no slouch. I think the Packers keep it close, but the Cowboys find a way. Sunday night. Whew. You talk about revenge games. When Matt Stafford comes back into Detroit for the first time, it's going to be in a postseason atmosphere against the number three seed, NFC North champion, Detroit Lions. This is big. Like Jared Goff facing his old team that he took oh to a Super Bowl. The, the amount mean, of revenge is crazy. Oh, then, I've also forgot to mention uh, Mike McCarthy revenge against the Packers. Oh. oh. Crazy. Good idea. Look at me. I'm looking into the camera so fucking hard right now. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not even looking at me. Give me the Rams. <laughs> now, how crazy wouldn't it be the Lions' luck to finally be in the playoffs? They've done it before. They lost to the Cowboys, remember, a while ago. And they end up getting bounced by Matt Stafford himself. I think it's going to happen. Give me the Rams. 
obviously, I, 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 I'm putting my money on the Rams because that's what I said earlier. I got to stick with it. I think, I think you both are right. I think the Rams are going to win, but I can't see the Lions coming this far to come this far. I know. But you know what's going to cost them? You know what's going to cost them? A risky coaching decision by Dan Campbell. Ooh. And it's not going to pay off. Give me the Rams. Oh, He's going to fake punt on like his yep. own 15 or something. <laughs> yep. Big Bay is going to be like, thank you for the points. <laughs> oh, and my God, you're so right. Monday night, the final game of Super Wild Card Weekend, the NFC South champion. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won the division without Tom Brady. Nobody expected them to, but here they are. They now host a home playoff game against the stumbling, fumbling Philadelphia Eagles who have fell from the grace of God. They were 10-1 and one just about a month ago. Crazy. Wow. I didn't um, they're wild cards. And they're... Uh... They're gonna be sitting at home after this weekend, unfortunately. Oh, Give me the no. Bucks. Give me the Bucks. See, the Eagles are missing a very important player. You know what his name is? Donovan McNabb. No, it's it's Mo. Mo hasn't been playing for the Eagles in a long time. Momentum, it's not there. I'm going with the Bucks too. The secondary of the Eagles sucks. Here comes Mike Evans. Here comes Chris Godwin. Here comes Baker Mayfield. The Eagles are going to fall flat on their face after being in the Super Bowl and being 10-1, and one, and it's going to be embarrassing. Hurts is hurt on top of it all, so give me the Bucks. They're at home, too. Do it. I really do. But God Almighty, the world will be crashing down in Philadelphia if the Eagles lose this game. Not in the I gotta, script. I got to pick the Eagles. I got to pick the Eagles. I'm sorry, Buccaneers. I understand. So we got our first round completed. I know our first round looks a little different in this bracket, but I'm moving towards the divisional round next week. We got – I. do we all have the one-seeded Ravens hosting the division rival Cleveland Browns? No. Me and Suze, I have the Ravens against the Dolphins. Oh, jeez. I'm actually, uh, it doesn't change it, but I'm actually picking the Texans over the Browns. I, I made a made a change. Okay. Oh. So you're a liar. <laughs> I didn't say it was a truther. So if you got the Ravens against the Dolphins, who are you guys picking? I'm picking the Ravens. Ravens versus Dolphins? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. It's getting tough now. I got Ravens and Browns. I think the Browns give them a game, but I think Lamar advances to his first AFC championship. Mm. And on the other side, I I don't know what the fuck your bracket's looking like, but I got the Bills and Chiefs, what everybody wants to see. Yeah, I got Bills, Uh, Texans, and I'm giving it to the Bills. I got Bills, Browns, giving it to the Bills. Uh, I got Bills, Chiefs. I'm giving it to the Chiefs. Oh, Josh come Allen, on, Glenn, full stop diaper. It. Get Mahomes' meat out of your mouth, bro. You see, it's like nobody's that, talking oh, about Josh Allen. Toxic ex-girlfriend diaper. or something. Just keep going back. And then you we gotta let her go. 
we move on to the NFC side in the divisional round, and my I, I think all of our matchups looks like 49ers Rams. Yes. Where where yep. does it stop? It's got to stop here, Sousa. <laughs> yes, I take this the four. I'm taking so the 49ers. No. I swear to God, you pick the Rams. We're ending this I podcast. I just can't do it. No. 49ers. 49ers at home against the Rams. Rams don't stand a chance. 49ers okay, let's not go that far. They don't stand let's a chance. Let's not go that far. They don't stand a chance. Uh, they can beat the they can beat the Lions. I believe that they ain't beating the 49ers in San Fran. 49ers go to the NFC Championship. My other divisional round matchup looks like Cowboys Eagles. Mine is Cowboys Bucks. Regardless, Same. I'm taking the Cowboys. I am too. Oh, shit. I got to pick the Cowboys over the Eagles, especially if, if, if we're getting these Eagles stumbling into the divisional round. Got to take the Cowboys. All right, championship Sunday. In the AFC, I have the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the Ravens hosting the Bills. Me too. What are you and guys picking? Are you, you going with the Ravens? Are you guys believers? I'm taking the Ravens. Man, even Mason gave up on the Bills. I think I got to go with the Ravens too. Like, I don't view the Ravens as the kind of offense that the Bills are, but they just win. The team overall is just, they just got it. I don't know. Got to pick the Ravens. Hey, I'll tell you what. Dating back to my sizzling hot take a few weeks ago that didn't come true. Chiefs over Ravens in the oh AFC Championship. God. Mason, what are we going to do? Dude. Chiefs in the Super Bowl, he says. And then, <laughs> and then, in the <laughs> NFC Championship, 49ers oh, no. Cowboys. This is a good one. No, I disagree. Glenn, I'm sorry. The Cowboys are not getting over this hump. I'm picking the 49ers. What, do you think it's going to be a good game at least, or what? No, I think they're going to get blown out. Oh, Because shit. the Cowboys always get blown out by the 49ers. They've played already, whoa, right, this year? Whoa, they don't always get blown out by 49ers. It happened one time this year. This year, okay. And it happened last year. They didn't get blown out. They lost by one score. And the same thing before last year, they lost by one score. So Damn, you have the whole history. Blown out nonsense. I say. Yeah. Cowboys have their ass owned. By the 49ers. They, they do. They do. But if it doesn't change, when the Cowboys finally make their first NFC Championship appearance in 27 years, it's not ever going to change. It has to change. If the Cowboys get to the NFC Championship, they're getting to the Super Bowl. And by God, they're winning the whole fucking thing. Oh, Cowboys over 49ers. My Super Bowl is Chiefs, Cowboys, Patrick Mahomes looking for a back-to-back championship. Cowboys are in their way to stop them. I know you guys have Ravens Niners. Hey, I I didn't pick I didn't pick the Niners or Cowboys yet. Okay. Because it's it really is that tough. And I kind of I don't know. I hate to have the one seed just go all the way. Oh, you picked the two best teams. Nice. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys too. Wow. So your Super Bowl is Ravens Cowboys? Yep. Mason yours is Ravens Niners? It is. And mine is Chiefs Cowboys. I feel like Purdy's bound to fuck up in this postseason. Yes, Mike can finally be on be his neck. Exposed for the fraud that he is. But that doesn't happen against until the Ravens for me. 
Okay. Oh, really? Oh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We're there. So you're picking so the Ravens to win the Super Bowl? I'm picking the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I believe that RIP Washington, John Harbaugh follows in the footsteps of his brother Jim, and he's also winning the whole damn thing. Ravens winning the Super Bowl. Wow. And if you ask me how many total points will be scored in the 2023-2024 NFL playoffs, anyone who knows this fucking podcast knows that every week it's 69. But this week, we can actually pick three digits, so it's 420. (laughs) (laughs) Mason, how'd you figure that out? Same. You get to But I'm going with Cowboys over Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I already told you my reasoning why. If they get to the NFC Championship... They're getting to the Super Bowl. If they're getting to the Super Bowl, they're winning that motherfucker. I don't care who's standing on the other side of the AFC. I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. I don't care if it's Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs. I don't care if it's Joel Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. Cowboys get there, they're doing it. Problem is, they can't get there. I don't know, man. If Joe Flacco gets there, I'd be scared. That means he has some Herculean horseshoe shoved up his keister. And he's been there before. That's true. And um, Sousa. I, Ravens, Cowboys, I'm going with the Cowboys. Wow. I did not think that was going to happen. I thought I was going to have the Rams going for the sake of it. <laughs> that was Rams <laughs> and Browns. I thought I was going to have Ravens Niners because that's what the script says with the logo. But all of a sudden, I have the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. You not thought sure how it happened, but that you're gonna have the Rams, but then you realize that they had to play the 49ers in the first yes. <laughs> in the second round. Yeah. Unless the Packers upset the Cowboys. That's Dang. true. That is true. You know, I'm not gonna lie, if the Packers upset the Cowboys this weekend, um I'm, I'm I might be, I might be a Bills fan too, Mason. Might be a Bills fan. I love the Bills, dude. I just love Josh Allen. Just such a yeah, that's cool. I, a I love how you love a turnover machine. Um, anyways, slander. That's uh, okay. I won't stand yeah, for he, it. Yeah, he doesn't have a star in his helmet, so you can get away with it. It's fine. Okay, okay. Well, no, I feel like no. you're, you're building a straw man here, pal. I'm What's not the that? one who sa- I'm not the one who says that Dak Prescott sucks. What the fuck? I'm, I'm just have, saying. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's um, talking about Josh Glenn, Allen. Plenty of fucking diapers, people and the have been talking about Josh Allen and, and how many picks again. that he's thrown. That was like the biggest point of the season, uh, like halfway through until the Bills turned their season around. Everyone was talking and, about Josh Allen's picks. So, just Justin Herbert's still mid. So that hasn't changed. We all agree on that. Um, <laughs> who's winning MVP? Lamar Jackson. You mean Super Bowl MVP or MVP MVP? <laughs> uh, Super Bowl MVP if the Ravens get there. Probably gonna be Gus Edwards. I can tell you who it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be Brock Purdy. No. Brock Purdy's mm-hmm. gonna go. He's gonna do. He's gonna do the. Ready? This is. I'm. I'm gonna be Brock Purdy for a second. Ready? 
Mason is ball off. Mason's pretending to hike an imaginary football and handing the ball off to an imaginary running back. Or Debo. Imaginary Debo. Or Debo. What's the difference? It's true. True. I don't know. Uh, a lot of questions are going to be answered this postseason. Um, can the can the Cowboys finally get to the NFC Championship? Can the 49ers actually finish the job and win a Super Bowl after coming up short multiple years? Can Josh Allen uh, rally these Bills to a Super Bowl appearance? Are the Chiefs still legit and the team to beat? in the AFC and other Ravens for real after a great regular season and they get it done in the postseason. Cause I've seen this before. Saw it in 2019 and I saw Derrick Henry drop trial on those boys. Who's to say that CJ Stroud can't do it. Yeah. Well, daddy's not Joe here. Flacco. He went to go get milk at the store and he hasn't come home yet. So that's all I'm saying. Also people, people want to say that, that the Bills, uh, we're, we're not talking about how much how much the Bills are blessed by the light of Islam. Um. So do you wait? Do you get? Do you guys not know about that? I know about that. I don't know. Do you not know about, about that, Susa? It's actually hilarious. It's really well. It's it's really it's really funny, but in a fucked up way. So it's hilarious. midway through the season. It was actually coincidentally. And this is where the meme lies. Uh, right when they fire their offensive coordinator, they turn their season around. Coincidentally, also at that time, a report came out that, and this is not a joke, this is true. Sean McDermott said in the preseason that, I can't believe I'm about to say this, that, <laughs> that, the players should take inspiration, not literally verbatim for this, but he was like, look at someone like Al-Qaeda. Look how organized they were on 9-11. I'm not kidding. He said that. What? So What? <laughs> but, so everyone obviously was roasting the shit out of Sean McDermott and being like, that was just on the top of his head of like an example. <laughs> Obviously, there are plenty of memes, one of which I saw at that time was it was like a quote, the second plane has just hit the second tower. And then it was a quote. It said, Sean McDermott. Wow, those guys sure are efficient. That's how he got inspired to coach. So uh, <laughs> since then, I've been seeing a lot of memes wow. on Twitter this week because people have been posting graphics saying the bills are. What five and oh, since they fired their <laughs> fired their offensive coordinator, and everyone's like, No, this is just a cover because they're actually five and oh, ever since Sean McVay found the light of Islam. <laughs> wow, wow, oh man, um, okay, <laughs> which... imagine, imagine rallying up your team with that. Just Guys, we just gotta come together and just just be fucking. We're gonna be terrorists on the Look field, up, man. He, he actually groups. he actually thought. Have you guys ever seen the meme of when uh, Lois Griffin runs for I think mayor in Quahog, and oh. and she's like, I don't know what to say, and they go, just talk about nine eleven. She just turns to the crowd and they're like <laughs> yeah. looking at her, and she goes nine eleven, and then everyone goes stands up and starts clapping. He thought that he could do that. That's not how it works, Sean. 
I, yeah, hate, he, oh, man. I hate to break it to you. He played the this, wrong card. That's not how it works. Um, but regardless, those memes are very funny. 9-11 is not. Or is but... it how it works? I mean, so far, so good. We'll see. I, I mean... Jury's <laughs> out on that. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Like, that sounds like a like an SNL skit. Oh, I like, know. The memes are very funny. 9-11 is not. But, uh... <laughs> Too good. I, you know, not like people need the clarification. But. <sighs> wow. Okay. We'll see how they do. We will. Any um, any crazy predictions? Oh, wait a minute. Sizzling hot takes are brought to you by Dirt Burgers. Susan, the burger's good. Durr. Durr. Sizzling hot takes for the NFL postseason. I mean, I know I picked my bracket. Cowboys going all the way. But I gotta I gotta have this out there still. The Rams are winning the Super Bowl. That's my hot take. That's like uh, you know, you put 90% of your wager on a sensible pick. And then that 10%, ah, fuck it. I'm going to put, put it on the Rams. That's the hot take. That's the hot take bet. 10% my sizzling, on the Rams. My sizzling hot take is that um, it is the darkest before dawn and before the sun shines. And right now, it is pitch black for the Philadelphia Eagles. All they need to see is a little sunlight. The Eagles beat the Bucks. They could go into San Fran and beat them. And if they go into San Fran and beat them, they could win the NFC Championship and get back to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia Eagles find a way, rally the troops, and tush push their way back to the yes. Super Bowl. Okay. Wait, back to or winning? Or win it. I think if they get there, they're going to have that player that you were talking about was missing, Mo. Oh, yes. So they're going to win. <laughs> sign him off the practice squad. He's going to sign yeah, a one-day uh, contract. Mo Bamba. <laughs> All right, so my hot takes the Rams. Glenn's got the Eagles as a hot take. Mason? I got to go with my team. Dubbills. I want the Bills to win so fucking bad. I want Josh Allen to win so bad so he can shove it up the ass of people like Glenn. He can take the diaper off, say, no, look at me. I'm potty trained. Um, so. and, and also, I really enjoy the Bills social media on TikTok um, because they post. I don't know if you guys have ever seen what they post. They post absolute nonsense on there. And it is so funny. Um. I saw some stuff a while ago, like Josh Allen I, making videos. I have another uh, I have another sizzling hot take. What happens if this Sunday the Miami Dolphins blow doors off the Kansas City Chiefs? And I'm saying like dominant, like the game's over at halftime. You're saying Miami Dolphins blow doors on the Chiefs. Yeah. Um 
Well, me and Mesa would say, told you. And you yeah, would yeah. be like, what happened? I, I, I would be absolutely stunned for how good the Kansas City defense has been playing all year uh, to let Miami do that in Arrowhead. I, I, I think Kansas City finds a way to win this Sunday. I think it's going to be close, but they'll find a way because Tua's diaper is even more full than Josh Allen's. So, <laughs> Yeah, if, if that happened, it would be like – It'd be like a great way. It would be the bow around the season that the Chiefs have had. And it's just like, yep, this is officially a season to forget. Let's get back at it next year. Because it has not been great. No matter what the record is, the three seed, whatever. But it just has not been good. And not to say that the dynasty is over by any means. But like this is a year to forget. And that would just be the cherry on top. You know, I was, I think I was, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think if they get bounced in the first round, um, I think Travis Kelsey retires, and I think that they go out and get somebody as a pass catcher. Could get T Higgins, could get somebody like a Devonte Adams, somebody who's an X factor on on in, on any team, and go out and get them. And mm. then you're gonna see that next era of not Mahomes to Kelsey. But Mahomes to insert stud here. Um, what I was gonna say is I was listening back to our podcast from last week, um, where we talked about the Chiefs' struggles and we were trying to figure out why um they were struggling so bad. And I think something we kind of neglected to think about, um, who was actually an integral part of their offense last year and was a top ten fantasy wide receiver, at least for part of the year. Um, it was Juju. Uh, we kind of forgot about him. Juju was on the Chiefs last year, and he was good for them. Um, you was know, he? they don't. He was he was decent. I mean, he wasn't like I don't know. I think I think Rasheed Rice is having a better season than he did last year. I'll take I take a look. But I'm just saying that Juju was was a part like a a contributor to that offense. He had, so. uh, yeah, he had 933 yards, three touchdowns. So the touchdowns weren't there, but he was definitely almost a thousand yard receiver. It's pretty good. And I think Chiefs. he missed, he missed time as well. So he did he get, missed, he missed a couple games. He does. He did. And he was good for them in the, in the postseason run, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think that's, you know, part of that, like, look, Rasheed Rice can make another step next year. Obviously, he's a rookie wide receiver. So those guys are inherently volatile. But I think they Mahomes just needs more help on the offense. Obviously, they have they have a good young running back in Isaiah Pacheco. He's he's been very good. Um and and I think, you know, Kelsey with a full offseason rest, if he doesn't retire, I think they'll be in a decent spot as well. They just need another, they just need an actually like established wide receiver on their team. And if they have one of those, I think they'll be right back to where they were um, over the past few years. We're going to find out. That was Sizzling Hot Takes brought to you by Dirt Burgers. Mason, are the burgers good? Dirt. Dirt. Gentlemen, it has been a hell of a year with both of you. Next couple of weeks, we shall be taking off, but we will return the week right before Super Bowl 58.
see how our playoff bracket's doing, give our Super Bowl predictions, reflect on a what's sure to be exciting postseason. And, uh, yeah, close out the year. Anything you guys want to add before we uh, sign off? Um, Go Bills. Who are the Patriots drafting? Oh, um, a lot of places have them projected to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. right now, which uh, if that's the case, I'm sorry to everyone who tanked in Dynasty for Marvin Harrison Jr. Sorry, Sousa. Um, But (laughs) the good news is that. No, they wouldn't do that. Belichick shouldn't be. Well, I mean, who knows? There'll be a new GM. So I, th- I think I don't know what I think. If Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board at pick number three, you have to take him. If you're the New England Patriots. I think like the Detroit Lions took a generational talent in Calvin Johnson. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is all the steps to be a great wide receiver in the NFL. And I think you kind of suck it up at quarterback and maybe draft someone in the second round or maybe try to find a late guy or sign a free agent like someone like Kirk Cousins and and try to develop an actual offense. Drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. actually gets people excited to see something good in New England. Why uh, Kendrick Bourne as wide receiver one doesn't do it for you? No. No? No. Oh, wow. I'm surprised by that. What about Kiki Booty? Keyshawn. Keyshawn Booty. Yeah, you got you got Keyshawn Booty. You're thinking of Kiki Cootie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from the Texans. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I don't know. I, I think what... Look, what's probably going to happen is the Patriots are probably going to do something. Patriots are going to piss me the fuck off. They're probably going to trade back, drop the left tackle. tackle. Yep, drive, take a left tackle. And they need that and then, too. Look, I, here's the thing, right? They need all of the big positions that that are important on a team. They need a quarterback. They need skill position players. They don't have an offensive line. Their defense is okay, but their offense is in shambles. They got nothing. So they got to rebuild it from the ground up. Um and whether that's with, you know, Mike Rabel as the head coach or Ben Johnson or Eric the Enemy, whatever. Or um, Dan Quinn. Or Dan Quinn. I really would not want it to be Dan Quinn, personally. Um, I want an offensive coach. Good. <laughs> Our defense was already good. Yeah, that's true. Could be better. Um, but... I am just looking forward to having something to be excited for next year. I think maybe, honestly, you know, I think last night, this isn't a college football podcast. This is a uh, fantasy football and NFL podcast. But after watching the game last night against uh, between the Wolverines and the Huskies, the national championship game, um, I still, I still, I'm still a fan of Michael Penix. I know he didn't have a good game last night. Um, It was obvious that he was hurt for the majority of the game after the, in the second half. 
Um, uh, but I think that he still has high upside. He showed you what he can do in a game against Texas. So, I mean, ideally, I what I would like them to do, trade back potentially, take a left tackle. I think you can get Penix later um, in the top 10 maybe. So, you know, if you could flip pick three for pick five and pick 10 or something, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But the ideal situation is Penix is probably because of that performance, recency bias, probably going to go a lot later in the draft. Um, and well, JJ McCarthy, he fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, you don't, you I don't think was that getting Jim so Harbaugh sick. calling him the best quarterback in Michigan history after that's, 10 passes. That's ridiculous. And also, Kirk Herbstreet absolutely glazing him in the fucking booth was crazy, dude. He had one good play all night, and it was a scramble on third and five when they were backed up on their own six-yard line. Yeah, that was that. a great play. Other than that, he fucking sucked. He they won the that game in spite of him. Yeah. And the ball literally. off. Literally. And the ball off. Because for some reason, the and look, Washington's defense, me and Megan have watched a lot of Washington football this season. I told Megan going into the game, Washington's going to have to hang with Michigan because Washington's defense is not good. Um, and I mean, credit to them. They did make quite a few stops last night. The they, offense they really... played well enough to keep them in the game. Yeah, they played well enough to keep them in the game, but their defense is not good. Um, and just, it was just like, have you never seen a stretch run before in your life, man? Like the whole I like the seas parted like Moses was in the fucking backfield. Yeah, those dudes are running through giant holes. <laughs> Crazy. Um and I mean, look, the guys at that level get in open space, you know, they're gone. I mean, you can't, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, they got worked on the lines, both sides. But regardless, this is about Penix. I like Penix. I think he can definitely still be a good quarter. I think he can be a good quarterback in the NFL. He did not play well last night. But I mean, Tom Brady in his second game in the NFL uh, threw like five picks in, um, God, Denver or something like that. You know what I mean? So, like, look, not everyone's going to play a great game every week. Penix was a Heisman candidate, um, and he balled out against Texas last week. You know? So, and look, every fucking quarterback is a dart throw anyway, right? It's just yeah. like you got to yeah. hit on the right guy. And it's like, you know, people have all these metrics and all this shit. It's like, dude, no one fucking knows. No one no. fucking knows. Okay. I would, I, would, I would treat this year as a transitional year before getting that franchise quarterback if I'm the New England Patriots. I try to fix my offense with every other position besides quarterback and sign a free agent like Kirk Cousins, a guy who can run an offense, a guy who has success, at least getting people to the playoffs multiple times, uh, but building a young skill core at wide receiver position. I mean, you still have Ramondre. I don't know if Zeke comes back, but um, and building up that offensive line to get you ready for a rookie quarterback. Because playing with a playing having a rookie quarterback, having a solid offensive line and good skill positions around him are only going to help him rather than just throwing a rookie quarterback to the wolves like Bryce Young and saying, "Here we go, roll with these guys." Yeah, 
I mean, it's also a combination of I would ideally like if the Patriots took a quarterback with a high draft pick, right? Even if it's not Pennis, maybe it's Jaden Daniels, right? Or who knows? Maybe maybe the Bears are stupid and they hold on to their first pick and they pick Marvin Harrison Jr. with the first overall pick. God only knows it's the Bears, so they could do something really dumb, okay? But I think ideally what I would like for the Patriots to do, draft a guy, sign a veteran still, so you have the guy on your bench, he can develop, take a few years to get seasoned, or a year or two to get seasoned. Look at what happened with Jordan Love. Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers for what? I'm not even saying it has to be that long. It was, what, three or four seasons? He sat Packers behind Rodgers. Packers been doing that. Because Rodgers did that with Favre, too. Yeah, exactly. It works. It works. So that's what, ideally, I would like them to do that. I don't know if that's going to be the case. They might, just like you said, Glenn, say, fuck it, go to the Wolves. And, I mean, very rarely, C.J. Stroud, you know, rookie quarterbacks are are usually don't do well. C.J. Stroud this year is kind of an exception, and I think that suggests how good he potentially can be in the future. Um but I, I first of all, I need Bill Belichick to get out of here. His time's up. I'm sorry, Bill. Love you. Mean it. Goodbye. Best of luck to you and whatever you do next. But that has to happen first. And to be honest, I really hope they don't drag their feet because I think a lot of teams are going to be moving fast. Um, and I don't want the head coaching candidates to dry up unless they already have something worked how, out with Mike Frable. How good do you feel about Bill not being the coach next year. Like, if you do, you think there's more of a chance of him not being the coach than there is him being the coach, remaining the coach? Uh, I think there is more of a chance of him not being the coach because reporting suggested that the crafts had already come to a decision as, as early as the Germany game this season, which was in like week 10 or 11, I think. Um, and once they lost that game, they had there was reporting that they had come to the decision he was done. So my thing is, what's the holdup? If you know that he's done and you know that you're not bringing him back, why are you dragging your feet? Especially, especially if you knew in that Germany week that this is what we're going to do, why is he not gone on Black Monday? Exactly. Now, look, I understand. He's not, what's his Maybe, why he's not going? Yeah, I think, I think he'll back but i also understand this is something because it's bill they have to handle with a bit more you know finesse because it's bill and he's been with the team for 25 years he's family and, you know, they want to make sure that they do him right but also bill i think based on his press i don't know if you guys have seen this press conference this week i think he's gonna make this as difficult for the crafts as he possibly can because now yeah. he's saying like he's been asked oh would you want to rescind um, GM duties, and he said yes yesterday in a draft. He said he would do it was ever what's ever um helps the team, which everyone knows that's a load of fucking bullshit. Everyone yeah, knows but it's it, bullshit. he's putting the ball on the see. Here's the thing too, and exactly he's putting the ball on their court. WEI brought this up the other day. Is that um uh how come nobody blames Bob Kraft about anything? That's, no, yeah, it, it's 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 crazy that. Especially the Brady thing. It's a good point. Like yeah. the Brady thing, he gets off scot free, but it's like at the end of the day, Kraft could have stepped in at any time and said, "Bill, fuck you. We're paying Tom. <laughs> Take it, and right, you're gonna right. like it." But he didn't because here's the thing: 
and this is this leads to a much wider web that we can talk about if you guys want. But Bob Kraft's a cheap fuck, okay? And yeah. the reason why he has enjoyed, even though Bill has been unsuccessful the past few years, think about the guys that has have been hired back onto the staff over and over again. Think about the players that have been hired that have been re-signed over and over again. Cheap guys. Coaches that are paid by other teams so they don't have to foot the bill. And look, and, think of it this way. Who got fired today? Mike Vrabel. Who's someone that the Crafts trust? He might not be an offensive-minded head coach, but automatically Mike Vrabel is having his bull, his bill footed by the Titans. So that becomes immediately more enticing for the Crafts to say, we want that guy because he we don't have to pay his salary. You don't have to pay him for two years. So you're basically getting Mike Rabel for free. You got Matt Patricia for free. Once he got fired from Detroit, you got Joe Judge for free. Once he got fired from um from the Giants. So it's just it's it's frustrating. And I, I do agree. It doesn't get talked about enough. It and it's it's annoying. Well, here's the thing because you already see what happens. Tom Brady leaves and he wins somewhere else. Uh what happens if Bill Belichick leaves and then wins the Super Bowl with another team next year? How does the narrative change for Bob Kraft and his legacy? Um, that he becomes the guy who couldn't make it work, and he pushed both the best quarterback and the best coach out, um, <laughs> out of the organization. And I understand yeah. that optically it looks terrible. That would be nuts. But, but you can't you can't pussyfoot around this and have have Belichick hold hold your organization by the balls because you're afraid that he's going to go win somewhere else. You have to so, be operating under the assumption. You have to say, good, go, go, go try and win somewhere else. Fuck but, it. So, so it all, all depends what your goal is. Is your goal to make money as the owner or is your goal to get back to relevancy and win? And I don't know what head coach <laughs> gives a better chance of winning than Bill Belichick. Because ultimately guys, relevancy does the lead guys, to more money. Right. Well, not if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, come on. Are, there, are their ticket sales like cheap or something and not no, filling but, up? No, but I mean, the Cowboys are the highest grossing franchise for like the past two decades. And they haven't been to an NFC championship in 27 years, which is what I'm saying. The whole, re yeah. the whole reason Jimmy Johnson got out of town was because of Jerry's ego. And Jerry takes the blame for that to this day, which is why I'm saying, why doesn't Bob Kraft get the flack that he should? for not retaining Tom Brady. And now if he gets rid of Bill Belichick and the Patriots don't do better than what they did this year, how's that going to look? If they don't improve and if they yeah. stay like this without Belichick and they just continue at mediocrity for the foreseeable future, what are we going to do? I, I think the brunt of Brady, you can definitely put on, on, um, on craft for sure, because he should have stepped in there. Should have saw, Brady still has more in the tank, obviously. I mean, Brady could have kept playing. He retired. But, like, realistically, he could have kept playing. Like, yeah. he Did was. Did you see what he said in his uh, thing about his New Year's post? No. He was like, uh, he like posted something on Instagram. It was like, Happy New Year. And his caption was like, um, uh, you know, great year, or whatever. And he said, um, he said, I was going to, I was going to announce my unretirement in May of this year and come back to the league he said but everyone threw me a retirement party and kind of forced my hand so i mean he's probably just joking 
Yeah, but yeah. Still, the fact is, he could still be a quarterback in this league. Compared 100%. from the quarterback play that we saw this year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think I think Bill's different than Brady, though. I put I do put some of the onus on Kraft in Brady's exit. But I think here, as an executive, with the way that Bill Belichick has managed the roster and the decisions that he's made, um, I think you have to put it this way. Not Bill Belichick, right? Say it's anybody else. That guy's fired. Right, Probably. like after all the, all the decisions that he's made over the past three years since Brady's left, he's gone. Right, he would have been gone as soon as he hired Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and made them co-offensive coordinators for a position they'd never held in a professional uh, environment in their lives. He would have been gone. So I think, as far as Belichick goes, Kraft has the the reasoning and the right to get rid of him. If he wins somewhere else, he wins somewhere else. Brady's but- different. Brady, he still could play, and he was forced out of here by Kraft. And I guess Kraft will technically be forcing Bill out, but I think it's different because you can say, no, look at Bill's roster management. Look at look at the way that the team has performed. Look at how they were projected going into the season. A lot of people still had them at like eight or nine wins going yeah. into the season. You know what because I mean? Because it, it, it couldn't have gotten worse than last year. But that it was did. the thing, and it did. <laughs> and now you're at the point where... Okay, we were four and thirteen, and we want to get back to relevancy. We want to get back to the playoffs. I just don't think cleaning house this offseason, getting rid of Belichick, you know, drafting this new quarterback is going to get you there. I think next I year think- you bring out the you bring out the same Patriots team, even if they draft Drake May, whoever. I still don't think they're a playoff team. No, probably not. But I do think that if you bring in someone who's an offensive minded coach who can help with um like a I, like ideally a, like a Nathaniel Hackett no no like Ben Johnson but <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. who's had success or Eric Bieniemy uh someone who's had success in their offensive schemes somewhere else you bring that guy here because he has an established system and then you don't have to worry about having to teach your quarterback a whole new offense when that when the OC wants to jump ship and go um take a job somewhere else. That's why McVay's offenses are always successful because he's the offensive mastermind. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if if their offensive coordinator wants to go he's find also, a job somewhere else. Well, McVay's also had great players on the offensive but, side of the ball. I mean, that too, but that's also a testament to their player development because going into the season, I mean, we laughed at Souza when he told us that the Rams were a Super Bowl pick, but... You look at their team, I mean, on offense, like their special teams, I, I think uh, I think the worry was more the defensive side of the ball than their offense. We said yeah, we, already, we knew Matt Stafford well. could play. Right. But I'm yeah, saying yeah. we knew Matt Stafford could play. They had Cooper Cup. We didn't know we didn't know the emergence of Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. But like you know, Matt Stafford's a, a solid enough quarterback to get you some wins, especially if Cooper Cup continued to ball like he had been. It was just a matter yeah. of health and guys staying healthy. But I mean you look at this Patriots offense, like I said, unless something drastically changes and they go absolutely bonkers in free agency and in the draft and guys exceed development expectations after the rookie draft, and especially in that division. Aaron Rodgers coming back next year for the Jets, in case you guys forgot. Yeah. So no, I know. Right. But but Finally. I mean, I think I think that's the thing though, is that like they're at a point now where the opportunity for them to be a competitive team is gone. 
Like, they need to rebuild the roster from the ground up is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't think that you can effectively do that with Bill here because it's clear that he doesn't know how to manage a roster and he also does not know how to have an NFL offense run properly without Tom Brady at the helm. Yeah. So and I think I think this was the past four seasons since Tom Brady left. Uh, was supposed to be your rebuild and ideally as they were kind of doing the right thing. Once Brady left, you sign a veteran quarterback like Cam Newton, you draft a rookie quarterback. Cam Newton was still on the roster when they drafted Mac Jones, but then they eventually got rid of him. Um, now you're just four years are just wasted because you're starting from scratch right now. Like 2020 should have been that start of the rebuild into 2021. You made the playoffs. But then you're supposed to build off of that. You're not supposed to get new coordinators, right? And, and and do like you keep continuing to go with what you have and develop a guy like Mac Jones, who in 2021 had a decent season and looked like the best rookie quarterback from his class. Right now, I can't even tell you who the best rookie quarterback is from that class because every year it changes. Right now, it's Justin Fields because Trevor Lawrence is absolutely ass. You say it's Justin Fields, and he even really hasn't even been that good. Exactly. Been okay. Right. <laughs> so. No, no, no. Lot to think, lot to talk about, lot to discuss in the off season too. Uh, we should, we're pro- oh, probably yeah. gonna have a couple off season episodes as well as things change up and more news happens. Hell yeah! But that'll cool. do it. Thank you guys and thank you everybody. Thank you. Thank all. you. Thank you all. We'll be back thank one more all. time. Congrats to everyone who won an award. Yes. yes. They're uh, in the mail, just like yep, Susan. There you go. And Craig. Um, guys, let's get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye. Recording stopped.